0: I mean, He's been putting in work for so long. Putting a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting in Work, a bonus episode for you this week. I'm John Peck, and I'm bringing you an exclusive interview with my friend Richard Pritchard, a former guest on this show, way back at episode six. If you want to check out Richard's backstory, his career story, his advice about how to get into the Hollywood industry. Of visual effects as he is. Richard's done artwork for Mad Max Fury Road, he's done work on The Great Gatsby, Prometheus, Uh, he's done some cutscene animations for games like Bioshock so you know he is legit and his latest project is Pacific Rim Uprising, the sequel to obviously Pacific Rim. The new film comes out on the 23rd of March so I thought it'd be fun to get Richard in here to talk about that project, what it involved, how it came together and I guess some of the processes he went through doing some pre-animation artwork for those crazy robots and aliens in Pacific Rim Uprising. Thank you for joining me Richard. No worries. It's uh, only a couple weeks until your latest project hits the big screens Pacific Rim Uprising. Last time we spoke which was about a year ago it was Mad Max had been out a while ago and I think Pacific Rim was the first movie you'd worked on in, in a while since leaving Sydney and moving to Warrnambool uh, and it looks like you're doing a bit more film work so was this Mm. kind of your return to film?
1: Um, Yeah I mean I wasn't really when I left Sydney I was more doing commercials which I love as well commercials is really really creative and really quick turnaround so you get more variety out of commercials than you do film 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 is a bit quite laborious and quite long and you you're working on a little piece a little bit of a larger project but yeah, I, I, think it, I think it was, possibly, yeah.
0: Okay. And was that just uh, you were ready to go back to it again or the work came up?
1: Oh, the work came up. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's a, like you mentioned, you like doing commercials. There must be an added kind of kick you get out of doing a Hollywood blockbuster like this. Um,
1: yeah. You know, I think it's always good to, to try to work on a film, um, at least one film a year. Usually, um, I'm, I'm used to working on a film for two years, <laughs> one film for four years. Yeah. You know, if you're on a film from start to finish, you can be on it for a couple of years. So to, to work on one film every year is pretty good. But if you're another, if you actually work in a big studio in which they get lots of films, you can work on five films in one year. So it all depends on where you want to work.
0: Yeah, right. And are those like simultaneous projects or you'll crank through different parts of those films at a time when you're doing five at once
1: um yeah usually you know people can be on a film for two months like eight weeks maybe maybe just a couple of weeks sometimes Mm. maybe sometimes you're just doing an asset for a film and that's kind of it and then you jump to the next one yeah
0: sure so the the uh kind of work that you've done on films in the past has varied quite a bit what were you specifically doing on Pacific Rim Uprising.
1: Pacific Rim, I was um, part of the asset previs team. So I was part of pre-visualization. So when, they, um, when the, when it's a stage where the director has gotten funding um, and he's ready to start filming, his whole crew um, had come to Sydney and they need to pre-visualize big visual effects shots that they're gonna film before they start so they hire a, um, a bunch of guys that can create animatics so you get given the script and the, um, the shot numbers and everything and you've got to start building assets in order to create the animation and so i was part of that team building the the assets like the giant robots and stuff like that for it
0: so you're bringing the imagination to life or are you actually adding to that imagination for lack of a better term by showing them what it could look like
1: in one Pacific room they had concept art already so they kind of knew what the robots are going to look like for the time I got it and our aim is to interpret the storyboards um, as much as we can in 3D so now is probably the first time they'll see their characters moving in a way that they want to. They'll, they'll see them, the characters in shots, so like with the, um, the camera shot sizes, the characters running around fighting each other, fighting creatures and monsters and stuff. So the, the director gets a good idea of the, um, the size and scale of the project.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So the the work that you're doing as the pre animation stage, however you phrased it before, does that end up being in the final product, or is it kind of like the building blocks for the final product?
1: It's it's definitely the building blocks because when you're especially um, especially when you're at this stage of starting to film, you're under a lot of time pressure, and decision pressure. So you need to know exactly what you want um, as soon as you can. As soon as you can lock off a shot, you can get it into production. If you're still fluffing around with the story and you don't know if the story is good enough, time's running out, you're spending money like left, right and center. And usually the directors are very stressed because because of booked studio time. They, they need to bring on visual effects supervisors, they need to tell actors, they need to build sets. You need to know what to build. So the previs tells the director, okay, we only need to build a partial set for this or no set at all. Film the whole thing green screen. It it tells them what camera lenses they're going to need, how long the shot's going to be, where the explosion's going to be, where the actors should look. Mm. Um, So it's an extremely important process that needs to be done really fast. Yeah.
0: Okay. So is there anything in the final product that you're going to be able to look at and say, oh, that's something that I worked on specifically? Or is it kind of just more uh, you helped the crew, or I, I guess you helped future animators put together what's on the screen?
1: Yeah. I mean, the whole process is collaborative. Yeah. Um, so on on one side, I really enjoy doing the high-end stuff that you see in the final film. And then the other side, I really like the story side of it. So on this... On this process of pre-vis, you're you're part of the story team. So you're helping create the asset. You're coming up with designs. Uh, I guess in my terms, we're building robots. I uh, got to build a few um, sort of ideas for weapons and stuff. Okay. Um, so sometimes the director can is really loose and he goes, yeah, just come up with some cool stuff. Just make it really cool and I'll decide whether I want to use it or not. Um, so we came up with some cool guns and weapons and stuff. I don't know if they used it. Um, they always change, you know, as, as they go along. Um, even some of the de- early designs that I've seen now, now that I've seen the trailer, um, they changed again. So, <laughs> and then some things didn't like some of the action in the trailer I saw in early preview, So i I was really kind of stoked that they kept, they kept true to that, you know, which was really cool.
0: That is cool. That is very cool. So when you talk about uh, developing weapons and different looks with other, you know, animators or visual effects artists, are these people that you're communicating with over emails or like how, how does that process work? Because you are three hours away from Melbourne, thousands of kilometers away from Universal Studios and everyone else that's probably working on this project.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think with the int- when I mean this is an American company working in Sydney, so there's a time difference anyway, right. you know. And the directors aren't in their own studios; they're they're out and about in little cabins and in, in the in the Fox lot, <laughs> you know. So everyone is kind of offset, you know. Sure. Everyone is is not in their normal places. So um, a lot of times, there's people in between that communicate what the director wants. So like the the visual effects supervisor. Will be directly communicating to the director, and back and forth, and then he will communicate to the um, the previs supervisor what what the director's thinking, and that'll just come down the chain, and then they'll eventually the the visual effects supervisor will talk to uh, the previs pre the pre-visualization supervisor will talk to me, and say, hey, um, you know, we're, we're creating this robot. He's looks like this. Here's the concept art. Um, They don't know what this guy kind of looks like. If you can come up with any weapons, the director said, you know, just have a go. See see what you come up with. Um, If you've got any concepts for, like, creatures, have a little go and see what they think. Yeah, so that's usually how it works. It's just more open conversations Mm -hmm. and um, tends to be quite, depending on the director, can be really um, free-flowing of ideas and the director won't be stuck on a solid idea. and You just, like, pick and choose whatever idea comes through the pipe. You can choose it if he's got enough time.
0: Yeah. I mean, that sounds like Mm -hmm. a really great project for you because, you know, people can say what they want about the story of these movies, but the visual effects are amazing. And Mm. I know you're really into robots and monsters and that kind of thing. So did you kind of just rub your hands together when you were given this project and a bit of liberty to do some creative work?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I designed some creature concepts for them and that was really cool. And some weapons. So that was... That was a lot of fun, but you're just so busy making the stuff and, you know, and when a project like this comes and they're, you know, they're like, we need to build these robots or we can have some of them built. And you need to just refine them a bit um, and then you need to, to texture them and make them look as real to the final one as possible. It's kind of like, here's a sort of a half an aircraft carrier. You need to make it look like an aircraft carrier times <laughs> two. Can you do that in a week? <laughs> and usually you, you have like if it's an aircraft carrier you should have like two months to do it but they want to see these things in like two weeks modeled and textured, which is ridiculous like shouldn't be like that you know but but that's the pressure of the pre-visualization you know um but you know it's really it's really cool stuff and i'll be really the trailer looks unreal so i'm yeah. super happy to to have worked on it and, and to check it out absolutely
0: so do you ever do you ever say no i can't do that or do you say yes and do whatever you can in that amount of time
1: yeah i usually say yes you can do it you can have it in a day if you want but it's <laughs> gonna look terrible yeah. or you can have it in a couple of weeks and it'll look great you know or a couple of months and it'll look awesome <laughs> but usually i just they sacrifice sleeping and <laughs> sure. you just don't sleep or
0: <laughs> we'll see the kids or the wife or anything yeah yeah Cool. So, how does it feel to be a cog in the machine that created a one hundred and fifty million dollar movie? As
1: long as the movie is good, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I've been yeah. in uh, one hundred and fifty million dollar films before, and they've come out terrible, <laughs> and it's the worst feeling ever. You're just like, oh, what a waste of time. No one's gonna watch it. Oh, it's... I didn't like the story, and you just feel like, man, I spent so many hours. Please mm. just go and spend five million on a good screenwriter. <laughs> <laughs> first, yeah. before you come and talk to us.
0: <laughs> so, is, uh, what was your thoughts on the first Pacific Rim? Were you a fan?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I was a fan. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, yeah. You know, it wasn't the best story, but it was enjoyable.
0: Yeah, and like, do you feel, like, feel like this one will have learnt from some of the criticisms from that first movie?
1: Um, well, I think it's a different director, and you can't you know you can't go off the trailers because trailers can be deceiving as well. Hmm. But it looks it looks awesome. You've got some good good. Good actors. A couple of good
0: actors yeah. in there. John Boyega?
1: Yeah, one and then and then Clint Eastwood's son. I don't know. But you know, giant, I mean, I I know the story, so I guess it's just robots versus monsters, so I just leave my brain at the door and just enjoy the visual spectacle. Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right, well, thanks uh, for that little insight into the movie. If people want to check out your full interview with me, they can go back and listen to that. But yeah, otherwise, I hope the movie does really well and I hope that, uh, you know, it uh, can lead to some more awesome work for what you're doing, which is uh, really great to see, Richard.
1: Awesome. Cheers, man.